Hello and welcome to Groove Therapy, a podcast that explores the effects of live music on our brains, bodies, and our lives and provides a space for you, our listener, to learn more about how you can bring the magic of live music into your everyday life. My name is Dr. Leah Taylor and I am joined here with my fabulous co-host Tara Lee Weathers. Hi Tara Lee. Hey, that's me. Hello everyone. Hey Leah. Hi. We are back again for part two of this series of our kind of heroes behind the scenes. I have been loving this series so much because like, you know, I I mean, I have like a little bit of a backstage look at what happens, but I have learned so much more about everything that happens and what it takes to put on a show and the risks that these promoters are having to make and I just am like loving this and I bet our listeners are also like learning so much too. Yeah, I know. And it's really cool because last episode we had Paul here who is really primarily organizing festivals. And now this episode we have our guest Greg Kaiden from Mr. Hat Presents and he's been doing some really innovative things And then for the third part of our series, we have more of a like kind of traditional brick and mortar concert producer. So it's really cool. We kind of get a a different glimpse from different angles of the same crazy occupation. I can't even imagine. Yeah. And they all have like that same thing in common that there are these like into taking risks and that they're so passionate about live music and bringing it to the people and that that is so important. But then they also like, there are some similarities, but they also are going about it in very different ways. And it was just so like interesting to learn about how these different personality types like do this. Yeah, absolutely. So let me tell our listeners a little bit about Greg Kaiden, because he is definitely a man who likes to kind of be behind the scenes and go a little unnoticed. So I actually even reading his bio learned more about him than I knew before too. And I've, I've been friends with Greg for a couple of years now. We met through live music and it's been really great to see him doing his thing even more so than he has been before. So Greg, better known. He's such an interesting person. (laughs) He is, he is. And everybody should definitely see a picture of his cat. Um, who is is kind of like the mascot for Mr. Hat. So he yeah, is yeah. a... I mean, you'll hear the cat in the interview. The cat yeah. made some cameo appearances on our interview, so stay tuned for that. That's right. Very apropos. So Greg Kaiden is an innovative independent concert promoter, and he's based in the San Francisco Bay Area. He has been producing events for over 20 years and producing live music as... Mr. Hat Presents. But in 2019, he really made waves in the San Francisco Bay Area with a series of successful Dead Set on the Bay Sunset Concert Cruises. And those featured Stu Allen and a rotating cast of all-stars. Then, of course, 2020 hit and Greg had a lot of events planned. And actually, I will say for myself, so this is, Greg is all about collaboration. And I approached Greg to say, hey, Greg, I have this live music dance experience called Embodied Groove, and I really want to do it before a concert. And I think it'd be really great for some of your shows. And what do you think about me doing it? And he actually offered me, so previously Embodied Groove had only been done at at festivals. And Greg said, yeah, sure. That sounds great. Why don't you come and do it at a show? So I got to do Embodied Groove on my birthday, December 18th, 
2019 at the first kind of indoor venue. So that's how Greg is. He like hears of these cool ideas and he's like, yeah, sure, we can make that work. So he had all of these events scheduled in 2020, but then of course he had to pivot like everybody else. And the innovator that he is, he found a way to do cruise and concerts here in the Bay Area at a large enough space. He has psychedelic visuals and as he says, novel approaches to delivering peak concert experiences. And then I thought this was super cool too. So in previous incarnations, Greg was a neuroscientist and then a researcher and practitioner of civic engagement, working with America Speaks and the Institute for Local Government to champion inclusive, deliberative, and forward-thinking approaches to involving diverse people in public decision-making. Collaboration is a common thread in his unusual career path, and that definitely shines through in this interview. Yeah, he's so cool. That's just so interesting. And I can see how all of the things he's done in his life, like why that makes him so good at what he does now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Mad Alchemy is the name of the visuals that he's partnered with. And that's his thing. You know, he like and he talks in the interview about this other guy who's doing really cool things at his drive in shows that was just like, yeah, this is what I do. Is it cool if I come and do it here? And he's like, yeah, let's do it. So Greg is definitely a yes and kind of person, and we'll talk more about that at the end in the Did You Know and Daily Jam section. So definitely stay tuned. But before we get to the interview, Tara Lee, I would love to know what you have going on and how listeners can find out more about you. Yeah, so something I'm really excited about that I've got going on, you know, last year, I don't know if everybody knows this that are listeners, but I lead retreats. And last year, I wasn't able to lead any retreats, but I have booked a retreat that I'll be doing March 1st through the 6th. And so if you're going to fish, you know, Mexico for most people is on the way to Costa Rica where my retreat (laughs) will be. And so it's happening right after that event. Or if you come to Costa Rica early and you're not going to fish, Envision Festival is happening right before my retreat as well. And so this retreat is for people that want to take the transformational effects of the live music experience and use that as a motivator to totally rock every area of their lives where they can feel excited and empowered to like figure out exactly like who you are and what you want to do and leave with the inspiration and the confidence to take action on what that is. So it'll be a life-changing experience in Costa Rica at a luxury five-star retreat center that's perched up on a mountain with views of the ocean where we can watch the sunset by a pool with a bonfire going. Five-star chef, three saltwater pools. There's a waterfall and a river on site. It's truly amazing. You get picked up at the airport and transported in a private jet and then an SUV that will bring you up to the site. So you'll be living in the lap of luxury away from the distractions of regular life so you can really focus on what it is that you want to cultivate for yourself in your life. So if you are interested in that, I would say the best way is to go to my Instagram, which is at Rocking Life. So pick up your phone and follow me on Instagram at Rocking Life with two underscores after and send me a DM with the words, hey, I'm interested in coming to Costa Rica and I'll hook you up with all the information. That sounds so amazing. (laughs) Yes, I want you all to come. So reach out to me. It's going to be so cool. 
And also a lot of the artists from Envision stay in the area after the festival is over. And so there's the opportunity of in local venues after our programming is over, because um, you get free transportation to go wherever you want. So you can go down and we, even as a group, we can go and see some amazing Envision bands playing at really small venues. So it's going to be really sweet. So awesome. All right. So yeah, so that's what I'm up to. And <laughs> Leah, what are you up to? Yeah, well, I have a really cool thing that I'm super excited about as well. And that is actually a virtual product that you can purchase and have forever. And it is embodied groove out of the shadows and into the light. So I thought Ooh, that that I was, yeah, I thought it was very apropos for the time that we're in where we're kind of like emerging from the shadows and we're coming out into the light. And of course, with that, there's like all of these feelings and, you know, we have these bodies that haven't really been in the presence of live music in a while. And so what Embodied Groove Out of the Shadows and Into the Light is, is it's four Embodied Groove classes, which are really designed to help you open up and get the most out of your live music experience. So I am a movement teacher and I will guide you through getting warmed up. We'll set some intentions. We'll shake off whatever we need to release before you go into the show so that you can release that stress and fear and worry and really align yourself to your highest and brightest show self. And so I'm super excited about this. I also included as a bonus, if you purchase before July 28th, which is the beginning of Fish Tour, you will receive my pre-show concert ritual that I do before every show that has really helped me to lose those pre-show jitters and really align myself to my highest and brightest show self. And so I'm really excited to put this out into the world and it will be available when you listen to this podcast and you can find it at embodiedgroove.com. Amazing. Everyone get that. <laughs> yeah. And it's only $27 and you can have it for the rest of your life. And there's four different embodied grooves that you could do. Uh, you can invite some girlfriends over, some friends, and do it before you go. It can be like your pre-show game. So, yeah. Yeah. I love it. That's a deal, and I love a deal. So everyone, mm -hmm. get on that, and your life will be better. So we wanted you to know we're part of the Osiris Podcast Network, and there's a ton of podcasts that are super amazing. So check them out. Yes, there are. And please follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. And if you are on Apple Pod, you can always leave us a review or a rating. We love those too. And it helps other people find out about this podcast. Yeah. And while you're doing all that, you might as well follow us in all the places. So you can also go to Instagram, Groove Therapy Podcast, and follow us there. And then join our Facebook community, Groove Therapy Podcast Community. And then you will have all the things that you ever need to know. You'll never miss a thing about Groove Therapy and the guests that have been on the show ever again. That's right. And you'll be living the Groove Therapy lifestyle with us. Heck yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, we will be back and we'll have Mr. Hat with us. Right, and we are back with Greg, Mr. Hat. Welcome, Mr. Hat. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to have this conversation. We had this booked 
many, many months ago and some things happened and things didn't happen. And so now things are happening again. (laughs) I'm so interested to hear, like I live on the East coast. And so I'm so interested to hear all about what's going on on the other side. Yeah, you have been doing amazing things out in the Bay Area. So, and you just had your first concert cruise for this year happen, right? My first cruise in concert. Cruise in concert. The next concert cruise is next year now. Right. I was noticing that you do a lot of cruising. (laughs) Yeah, I just thought I'd make it extra confusing for people by calling my drive-in shows cruise in concert so they would get it confused with the boat shows that we did. Yeah. So how did it go last weekend? It was amazing. It was so much fun. It went really well. Mm -hmm. We had some unforeseen challenges as usual, but I think most people didn't have to know about them. And uh, people really seemed to have a great time. And Melvin Seals and JGB killed it. They were just amazing. And the world premiere of Legion of Melvin was beautiful and incredible with Dave Ellis on saxophone playing the music of Legion of Mary. It was a little bit more free than we were able to be last year because I felt like now that most of us are vaccinated and the new science is showing that it's really pretty hard to transmit the virus when you're outside, especially if you're having some distance between people. So people were more free to come up into the aisle and dance together rather than having to stay so carefully regimented into their assigned areas like we did last year. And um, people were just so happy to see each other and be out there dancing. It was great. Yeah. What is it like to watch? I mean, you've seen the whole trajectory, right? And we can talk a little bit about what was happening in the beginning. But what is it like now to watch people as kind of the restrictions are loosening and masks are being, you know, kind of taken off and people are coming together a little bit more? What is that like? Joyous and such a relief. Yeah. It was really beautiful. That's so awesome. Yeah. I also experienced live music this past weekend and it was like, so uh, it, it reminded me like the visceral feeling that everything is okay. I just like kept coming back to like, that's what this feels like. It's so incredible. So yay. Thank you for doing all of the hard work behind the scenes and rolling with the things that so many people don't even notice and see that you're dealing with to make music come back and happen for the people. Yeah, there wouldn't even be a stage or any of the things for people to play on if it wasn't for people like you figuring it out. I'm so addicted to it. So I'm just really grateful that I was able to to figure it out and still keep it happening. Some throughout this pandemic, it was really a hard time for a lot of my compatriots in this business. And, uh, yeah, I, would, I was just totally lost when I didn't have shows to put on. I just don't know what to do with myself without that. I got addicted to trading cryptocurrencies, and that's so boring. So I'm so happy to be having shows to focus on again. Yeah, well, tell us a little bit about what your what your time was like. Because, you know, before quarantine, well, in 2020, you started doing the concert cruises, which was really something that was like... In 2019. 2019. Yeah. Time flies when you're staying home doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I know time was so weird. <laughs> yeah. So 2019, you came up with this like totally new idea. I mean, we live in the Bay Area, right? So you and I are in, in the San Francisco Bay Area and there's a lot of water around us and the opportunity to to get out on boats, but nobody was doing concerts on boats. So I mean, people had done it before 
it's not a totally original idea, but nobody was really doing it. And it just kind of came to me in a vision that listening to live Grateful Dead music out on the iconic San Francisco Bay during sunset would just be such a peak experience. And especially if we could get Stu Allen to do it, because he's just so amazing at channeling Jerry. And um, somehow it all came together. That was pretty magical because I really didn't have the resources at that point to hire a big boat like that. And, you know, when I signed the contract, I didn't have the money at all to pay them for the boat. I was just hoping I'd be able to sell the tickets and that people would like the idea. That was a pretty big risk I took, but that's that's part of being a promoter is being a degenerate gambler who's willing to take risks like that and having little enough to lose that you're willing to go out on a limb like that. And um, it turned out that other people liked that idea and, and uh, it was a hit. So that was what kind of launched me having sort of an official business at that point. I had to create an LLC in case somebody jumped off the boat and tried to sue me. I had to limit my liability. So that's, that's what prompted me to become a real business after doing this sort of as a hobby and under the radar mostly for almost 20 years before that at a smaller level. Yeah. So you went all in and you created these amazing peak experiences for people. I love that you describe it as that because it's exactly what it is. And I'm sure that those were also not without challenges. <laughs> that was pretty challenging. <laughs> the first one was uh, a lot of waves. Uh, we, were, we were bouncing around pretty good while we were rocking out. <laughs> that was the first thing that came to my mind. <laughs> it's like music out on a boat. And we learned to not take the boat out too far past the Golden Gate Bridge or it can get pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good learning along the way. But it takes courage, just like you said, like to be able to do things like that, because, you know, and I bet that's why nobody else was really doing it in a, in a, in the way that you chose to, because, you know, it's challenging. Not just courage, but having not much to lose, you know, somebody who had a lot of resources would probably be afraid to do that because it's, it's risky, but I was just at a point where it was that, or I didn't know what else to do with myself. So I did it. (laughs) (laughs) When you are like deciding, you know, you were like, oh, I want to do like Grateful Dead music on a boat at sunset. Like, how do you decide what events you want to promote and what you don't? Trial and error mostly, you know, I tried doing other kinds of styles of music and um, lost a lot of money doing that and had a lot of success with doing Grateful Dead theme events and realized that that was what the audience wanted. So I should probably try to give it to them. Yeah. Figuring out what the market wants. important Yeah. Yeah, The only way to really do that, I think is to try and fail and be willing to fail at trying new things and, and put the time in. And after enough years, you start to figure out what works in your community or what works for you to, we had it and what you're passionate about. So it's hard for me to effectively promote things unless I'm really excited about it in a genuine way. That, that makes me be able to more effectively get other people excited about it and successfully promote it. What were you going to say? Today? Would you be able to like for someone, oh, for someone out there who like doesn't know exactly what a promoter does, what are the things that you do? Like what, what does it mean to be a promoter? Well, you sort of have a vision for what kind of event you want to have, and then you have to find the venue for it and, if it's a live music thing, find the band or bands and organize the sound and the lights and the 
publicity, either doing the publicity and the promotions yourself or hiring somebody out to do it and um, taking the risk to put the money out to pay all those people, regardless of whether you sell tickets or not. And then trying to sell enough tickets to cover all that and hopefully be able to pay yourself after you pay everybody else. <laughs> and um, so it's a really good way to lose money if you love music and have some extra money. It took me a long time of losing money doing it before I was able to figure out how to sort of support myself with it. Yeah. So basically you do everything <laughs> is what it sounds like. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, a big part of it is just having the network and the people skills to find all the other people who do most of it, just sort of being the ringleader and organizing it, I guess. But you can't do everything. So it's just really important to be able to find a great team of people and, you know, realize what your needs are and find people who are really good at being able to meet those needs, you know, somebody who really cares what it sounds like and can make it sound awesome and somebody who really cares what it looks like and can do things visually to make it engaging for people. And also, I think a big part of it is just being open to meeting new people who have ideas that want to add things to the show. And um, like Embodied Groove. Right, exactly. <laughs> Figuring out how to incorporate um, other people who are excited about being part of the community and, and being welcoming and um, being able to incorporate a variety of people who have things to offer, who want to be a part of it, that can make it better for everybody by by adding their little piece. Yeah, well, in that, you know, I would imagine that some promoters might be like that. And then other, you know, it's like you're you're really open to new ideas and you know, taking those risks, right? Whereas somebody else might be like, well, no, this is how we do the show. This is all we need, you know, and might not be so open to that. But sometimes that's appropriate because sometimes people are crazy and have bad ideas. <laughs> that's <not laughs> well, like you said, you know, it's sometimes you fail, <laughs> but you never know. <laughs> like, give it a try. Yeah. So it's kind of sounds like a project manager. It's like you're managing the project of the concert. and That's interesting. Yeah, there is a lot of parallels to being a project manager. I took a project management course once when I was unemployed for a while. I got a chance to do a free project management course that was mostly oriented to people in construction and internet technology businesses. But the lessons I learned there have definitely been useful for being able to stay on a budget and figure out how many people you need for how many hours to get the work done and getting it done on a budget and on time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you, you know, the season with the concert cruises ended because of the weather and you were doing lots of shows indoors and finding different venues, whether it was in Berkeley or in Rodeo and and then Rocket, Rocket right? <laughs> Even more out there in the boonies than Rodeo. <laughs> For anybody who doesn't know, that's about, what, 20 minutes outside of, of San Francisco? It is 45 minutes from San Francisco and 45 minutes from Davis. It's midway in between. It's on the northern edge of the East Bay. And it's sort of a hidden, beautiful, small town gem on the Carquinez Strait. Yeah. So COVID hit, your everything was kind of shut down. And you were you were like pushing until the end. You were like really as this purveyor of live music and knowing that the people need it. You know, it was it looked like it was yeah. hard to I lost my shit. It was that was bad, bad time for me, really. Because I always felt like my role as the promoter was to be the one who says, no, the show must go on. All of 
problem. No, but the show must go on. Oh, but we don't have the venue. Well, we have to get a different venue, you know, like, well, the band can't make it. Well, there's got to be a different band that can play that. And I've always been able to do that before through lots of trials and tribulations. So it was hard for me to let go of that, even though it wasn't appropriate to do shows anymore. I finally realized with the help of all the bands who refused to show up at the last minute. (laughs) But yeah, I was freaking out with everybody canceling one after another at the last minute and feeling like I somehow had to you know, I felt like we could get that one more weekend in. I had this huge weekend planned the weekend of March 13th, 2020, which was when the hammer all kind of came down. And I thought we could get a couple more in and have a last dance before the lockdown that I knew was coming. And I knew it was going to be longer than a couple of weeks. I could, I could see the writing on the wall. I've read enough Michael Crichton novels to know how this one goes. But yeah, it didn't happen. And probably that was good because I would feel terrible if somebody got sick because of one of my shows. And then it took me forever to figure out how to do the drive-in shows. Um, you know, I started researching how are people able to safely have an, a live music event, despite the fact that we're in this pandemic. And I saw pretty quickly that that was happening first in other countries and then in Arizona. And that it seemed safe and they weren't super spreader events. And that was the way to do it. And um but finding a venue that was willing to take the risk with me to do it was a huge challenge. And it took me several months. And I thought for sure that some big corporate entity that had more resources than me or owned their own venue would figure it out before me for sure. So it was a surprise to me that even though it took me so long that those cruising concerts that we had in 2020 were some of the only live music events that were around in the Bay Area at the time. Yeah, it was so beautiful to see it all come together. And it was not surprising at all to me that you you were able to to figure it out and to put it together. And it's um yeah, it was really special to allow people to have their live music again. And so what was that like? I mean, what were some differences or some things that you needed to like make sure of and share a little bit about creating concert experiences in the time of COVID? Because COVID was still raging then. Yeah. So we had to come up with a plan for how to keep people safe based on what we knew then about the science of it. And we had to get that plan approved by the county health department. And um, we had to get a lot of more volunteers than we usually had for shows in order to make sure that the rules and regulations that we made to keep people safe actually happened in a, in a friendly and caring way. So we organized a safety team of yellow shirts of people who were happy to walk around and remind people to please keep their masks on if they were outside their car to try to stay within their assigned areas with their groups and socially distance from other people if they're waiting in line to use the bathroom or get food and um, we had another large team of uh, parking crew help safely place everybody and make sure people park in such a way that there's social distancing between each group those were really the keys to it for me. Yeah. So a lot of volunteers. Huh? Yeah. It really took a community to be able to, to pull that off. Yeah. Did you find that the people that were there followed the protocols that you put into place? Mostly more so in the shows earlier in the year. I noticed that the last show I had on November 14th, towards the end of 2020, people were starting to get pandemic fatigue and were less willing to do what they should, I think. 
And also by that point, I think that the core audience had expanded beyond the mostly older, more careful crowd that had um, mostly been the people who came to the Dead Set on the Bay cruises. And there were more young people there. And I think it was a phenomenon that the younger people in our community were less concerned about COVID than the older people in our community. So there was a little bit of friction there between the generations. So that was a little bit of a challenge, but by and large, I think our community was pretty smart about it and pretty conscientious about trying to keep each other safe. But people have really different levels of concern about it. And I did have some complaints from some of my friends who felt like people weren't being respectful enough of their state of their space at that just at that last show where, where it got a little bit too loose. Part of the problem was that the security that the fairgrounds hired were pretty ineffective young people who didn't even have flashlights for those shows. And so they weren't really helping to do the job of keep people in their places and asking them to keep their masks on as well as they should have. But that's normal with putting on concerts. You just have to work with the limitations that you have and adapt as best as you can and just try to improve each time as, as, as much as you can based on what you learn from each one. Yeah. And, you know, Paul was mentioning this too, in our last interview, it's like, it seems like, you know, you can only do so much like you possibly like as one person could not possibly go around and, and, you know, police everybody. And like, you have to hope that the people that are there, that that's their job are going to be doing their job. And, And at a certain point too, you know, and this is kind of what Paul was saying, like we have to also as adults, like really be conscientious and upholders of our community and in our space too. It's all part of it. It's such a relief now that more and more people are vaccinated and we're learning more about how you're probably not going to get it from touching a surface or, you know, being outside with people that feel as as much worry about people transmitting the virus at one of these outdoor events. Yeah, I would imagine that that probably was a lot of like, I mean, that's a risk, you know, but the benefits of being able to gather together and if it's done safely, they certainly out, you know, it's about safety. Yeah, thanks for taking the risk. So what was it like to see even, you know, back then, like people finally coming together after not having music for so long? Do you remember those first concert? cruises <laughs> wait a minute i'm totally mess this up concerts, concerts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it was amazing people had so much fun people were so chomping at the bit mm-hmm. it was great to be able to get such a great crowd for jerry's little finger especially that really helped them catch on with the northern california crowd i think to be able to play here when there wasn't really other shows happening and people were so had so much pent up desire for live music and they're such a fantastic deserving band. It was really nice to be able to put them in front of lots of people and see how much people loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounds like that's another thing that you're really good at is like showcasing, you know, bands that people might not have heard of so that, you know, they get more people listening to them. Is that something that you kind of an intention that you have, or is that just something that, It's just kind of out of necessity, to be honest. As a small independent promoter, it's really pretty hard to get access to the big name acts. Um, So you book who you can get (laughs) and who you can afford, you know, like if you don't have the 50 or $100,000 to put down, you're not going to get whatever, you know, 
big name act and probably they have some kind of contract with Live Nation or what, one of those big three corporations that control 90% of the live concert business in the United States anyway. So it's really hard to get your foot in the door, but the pandemic created a unique situation for me where I was able to work with some bands that normally would have been playing at one of those Live Nation venues, but those venues were not available during the pandemic. So without that catastrophe, I don't think I would have ever been able to have the opportunity to work with a band like Los Lobos, which was pretty great experience. And um, so it was weirdly good for my business in a time where a lot of other people's businesses were really suffering. Yeah, well, good. I'm glad that you received some benefit from that. That actually reminds me of our interview with Jenna, too, where she was talking about how you kind of just have to be creative in these times. And a lot of time, like you got to work with Los Lobos and that was amazing and really good for your business. And so that's because you took the risk and did it and tried to figure out a drive-in show where others didn't. Mm -hmm. So that's like, there's, there's something in like people like you that is like a problem solver. And it sounds like you're, you're that like every day in your business. And then you were that in like a big way for the community in the world too to bring live music back. It's nice to hear. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what is coming up on the horizon? I know you have some more cruising concerts and I also see that you have a concert cruise that's booked. All the cruising is happening all over the place. So we have the next cruising concert is June 26th and Jerry's Middle Finger is coming back and we're going to be at a new cruising venue on Mare Island at the Coal Sheds Brewery and um, it'll be outside next to um, these old ancient buildings uh, on the waterfront on the island and um That'll be nice since there's a brewery right there. We'll be able to serve people local beers and locally made wines, which is something that we haven't been able to have at the fairgrounds so far. And um, people can walk over and walk along the waterfront. It's kind of a beautiful spot. So I'm looking forward to that. And then we'll be back there again on July 31st with Steely Dead, who do a really interesting mashup of Grateful Dead and Steely Dan songs kind of transitioning back and forth in between them with Dave Bear, who used to be in JGB. And um, we've got another show coming up that we're just rescheduling with Cubensis, another great Grateful Dead tribute band that's actually the longest living Grateful Dead tribute. They've been around for 35 years, I think. And um, they're coming up from LA and we're working on getting Stu Allen to play with them. So we're going to reschedule the date for when Stu can make it sometime this summer to be announced soon. And the next actual cruise on the water with Stu is going to be July 9th, 2022. So not summer, but next summer. um, Passes for that are available already. And um, people can learn about those shows and see more pictures of the cruise and concerts that we're doing at the website, mrhatpresents.com. Awesome. And so Mare Island, is that like venue and spot for cruising concerts? Because that sounds really exciting. Well, that's sort of a whole story. So I did have my own venue lined up on Mare Island at what used to be a military parade grounds in front of this huge old Marine barracks. And I had five shows booked there that we were selling tickets for. And then some of the neighbors complained that they thought it was going to be a problem to have concerts there and the developer got cold feet 
and uh, shut it down. So we kind of had to scramble and find a new place for all these shows that we already had planned. So we ended up back at the Solano County Fairgrounds last weekend for JGB. And I worked with the developer of Mare Island to find another spot on the island that's not so close to people's houses. That's at this brewery, which kind of is nice because it gives us the ability to easily serve local beers and partner with another small local business and it's water. So we're going to try it and um, see how it works. And it's a little bit smaller than the fairgrounds. We can do about 150 cars at the spot, whereas we were doing up to 250 cars at the fairgrounds. So maybe we'll go back and forth to both of those spots, depending on how large we think the event is going to be. Um, But I'm excited about being on the island and helping to bring people to Vallejo and bring some prosperity and positivity to that city that's been struggling and to help people see that there's this beautiful island that has mostly been ignored by people for the last 30 years. Um, The military hasn't really been there since the 1980s and it's just never really been developed. It's just such a waste in an area where there's such a shortage of housing and land to be developed. So I'm excited that this company is coming in and doing some mixed-use development and bringing businesses and creating new homes for people there and that they're willing to work with me to have live music there that'll help attract people to come there and see what it's all about and see how nice it is there. Yeah, that's awesome. And then for people who don't live near Vallejo, you have sometimes hotel packages, right? Or like a kind of thing that you work with the hotels there so people can spend the night and not have to worry about driving. And that creates a really nice experience, an aspect of the experience too, because a lot of people end up hanging out outside the hotel together after the show and getting drinks from the hotel bar and hanging out outside in the parking lot. And it's kind of a whole scene. Yeah, so that worked out really well. So we're going to do that again. We have to find a new hotel partner because the hotel that I partnered with last year has been rented out by the city for the foreseeable future to help provide housing for at-risk people during the pandemic. But I think we found a brand new hotel now that just opened up uh, the Country Inn by Radisson, um, just opened last weekend and it's brand new and they seem like they want to work with me. So I think we'll have some hotel packages with them. And I'm hopeful in the long term that we'll be able to do some different kind of innovative shows on Mare Island. One of the lead developers there told me about how he went to see Pink Floyd in Venice and the band played on a barge out on the water with the PA and the band out there on the water and and the audience on the shore. So we've been scheming about trying to recreate that experience for people on Mare Island along the waterfront at the Coal Shed Brewery. So that's something that I'm kind of scheming about in the near future once it becomes possible to do events that aren't vehicle-based, which I think is going to be happening in the next couple weeks even, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really exciting. But I also think that we're going to keep doing the cruise and concerts even when we're not required to do vehicle-based events anymore to be able to let people get together outside to enjoy live music because people seem to really like it. I've heard a lot of comments from people that it's really cool to be like out on Shakedown Street and then all of a sudden there's a stage and the band plugs in and starts playing for you right there and you don't even have to go into the concert. And when people can have some more freedom now to be able to come up and dance in the aisles and um, 
be able to get up close and see if they want to or still hang back and have their space and be able to get stuff out of their car. It's just kind of cool. So I'm not sure, but I think maybe this model will persist even beyond the pandemic that it was created for if we just kind of adjust it a little bit to make it more free as is appropriate for the situation. I'm going to shut up now and let you. Yeah. How you said, you know, the drive-in shows, people really love it. I personally love drive-in shows because it's like all your stuff is right there and you get to tailgate and go to a show. Like, that's so cool. And then I last weekend, I went to go see Twiddle for three nights and they had little pods. It was just like a stringed area for like you and your crew in this little space. And I was like, you know, I actually don't hate this because I have a spot to put my stuff. And because the restrictions were like getting lessened where in New York, you don't have to wear a mask even inside or outside if you've been vaccinated. So there wasn't nobody was like strict of like, you have to stay exactly in your pod. So you could go to other people's pods and come back to your pod. Uh, but I actually like, I was like, I wonder if this is going to be a thing that is going to live like past COVID times of having pots. I also love being like sweaty dancing with people and like being close quarters, but I also really love the pods. So do you think, I know the drive-ins you said are going to live on, but do you think pod life is going to live on? Or do you think that's like just a pandemic thing? I don't know. I think it could persist as maybe more as a VIP option than as the only option for concerts, I think. But I think there are a lot of people who like to have their own space. And um, I don't know, maybe I'm biased, but personally, I'm not really, even before the pandemic, I wasn't very comfortable being too packed into a club with, with sweaty people. Most times it just, I wasn't comfortable with it. So the idea of having a little bit of your own space and then having an option to go up and dance with people also is pretty appealing to me. And I think there's other people like me who feel that way. So. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Cause I also work with this nonprofit. I'm on the board of accessible festivals and where they're making it more accessible live music experiences. And so just like you said, you know, you're super uncomfortable. There's a lot of people that have sensory issues or different things where if you are like, really close and on top of people that can be a really uncomfortable experience that would make somebody not go to live music. So to have the option of being in your own pod where you can like, you know that no one's going to come and like touch you, (laughs) then that would be a better experience. Honestly, I think that's really a big part of why I organize concerts and have always volunteered at concerts is because I'm more comfortable if I can just go hide backstage and have my space, I don't feel comfortable being <laughs> smashed out on the dance floor at the independent when it's packed with people. Um, so that was a way that I could still enjoy live music, but deal with my own personal idiosyncrasies. <laughs> yeah, but you're not alone. There are a lot of people out there like that. Mm-hmm. And not everybody has the like ability to to be able to like volunteer or like come up with a way where they can have their own space. So having a venue be able to provide that for them without having to worry about it is pretty amazing. We'll see how it works out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, It's definitely not going to be as easy this year as it was last year. It was a pretty unique opportunity to be one of the only providers of live music in the Bay Area. And uh, that's rapidly changing. So it'll be interesting to see how many people turn out for these shows now that they're going to have other options. Well, all of the Bay Area people that are listening right now, make sure that you help support Mr. Hatt 
presents and all of the things, especially if they call to you because they're really unique and very special. And it is all about that peak experience. Greg, you're really great at helping to create that for people. Thank you. I haven't given any props to Matt Alchemy and I should. That's a big part of what's um, making it a unique and enjoyable experience. I think for people to come to these cruising concerts, um, I realized as we were setting it up that people were going to be further away from the band than they would be at a normal concert. And we had to figure out a way to still keep it engaging and interesting for people. So having a team of people that projects a mix of videos and wild swirling psychedelic colors and interesting digital effects all mixed together on giant screens and different structures that we have access to at the venues has has really helped be part of what makes it a peak experience for people. Yeah, mad alchemy lights are really cool. And I want to give props to um, Skippy and Mark Chang too. They're my audio team that helped design a sound system that we adapted so that now it has multiple points around the parking lot that people can listen from instead of just being all placed at the front of the stage like a traditional PA system. And that's allowed us to... Um, spread the sound out in a more even way so it can be loud enough for the people towards the back of the lot without being too loud for the people in the front of the lot, which I think is really important for making an enjoyable experience for everybody. Yeah. So he's our sound engineer with sound layers. He's out of Santa Cruz and Mark Chang is our radio engineer. He designed a radio transmitter for us and then redesigned it to make it better and a giant antenna for it. And um, so we have a pirate radio station at our shows so that um, people can just sit and listen in their car, which I think was really important towards the beginning of the pandemic when some people didn't even feel comfortable getting out of their car and being around other people outside. That allowed more, more people to be able to enjoy the show, but also it's how we get the sound out to the speakers that are placed out in the middle of the parking lot without having to run long wires out to them that people would be running over and destroying. So that was a really cool innovation that came about by um, just fortuitously knowing those smart people who, who figured it out for us. Yeah, that is super smart. Great job, everybody. It's complicated. They have to set some delay onto the speakers that are out in the lot to match up the sound from the speakers at the front of the lot because it's a certain amount of time for the sound to travel and they have to figure it out with the speed of sound and math and stuff. It like makes my head hurt to think about it. They made it perfect. It's awesome. Yeah. That would make such a big difference because we had some drive-in shows here in Vermont and it was only through the radio and, but you could hear the drum. And so it was really hard because it was like, they were not the same time as what you were hearing. And it took like, my senses were just like, ah, (laughs) Mm -hmm. so that's incredible that they figured that out. I don't even know how that's possible. It really was. And it was so important because like you said, if the sound isn't right and if it's not syncing up, it, it makes it not a good experience for people at all. So I think that was a big part of it. Being successful was being able to have PA system as well as the radio. And um, then this last weekend, we added a third option for a way that people could listen to the show, which was really fun. A friend of mine does silent disco DJ events and has lots of those silent disco headphones. So he came out and made those people for available for people to listen to the concert with. And so you put those on and it just, it sounds exactly like it does for the engineer who's mixing the show. It's just acoustically perfect and 
um, you know, they're wireless. You could be anywhere wandering around in the lot listening to it. So um, that's the new thing that we're trying out to give people a different way to listen to the show for people who are really audiophiles and want to hear what it sounds like. Just absolutely perfect. Yes, I had that suggestion. I was like, this would be so cool if we could all have our own headphones and be hearing it. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I want to fly out to the Bay Area just so I could experience that. Yeah, so all of you non-barrier peeps too, come on out. (laughs) Yeah, so how does that work? Like, do when you drive up, do you have the option of getting uh, some headphones or... Is it just for people? the way we this was the first time, so I guess we're still figuring it out. But the way we did it this time was Andrew had a table set up next to the stage where people could come up and give him ten dollars and their ID and they get the headphones and they get their ID back when they give their headphones back at the end. And then he also runs a pedicab business. So he had this giant pedicab with a big flag and crazy neon colors riding up and down the aisles. Um with a bunch of the headphones for people to be able to rent them from where they were if they didn't want to come up to the table. I think maybe next time he's going to bring like some DJs and maybe even a live musician. He's been talking to Zeb from Smoked Out Soul about riding around on the back of one of the pedicabs and performing during set break and um, maybe having some DJs have different channels of music that people can choose from before the show and at set break and after the show in addition to the main PA mix. like like they do at um, Silent Disco at High Sierra Festival. Having fun with it. Yeah, well, this is another reason why you're so successful. Like if there's like that philosophy of yes and, where someone has an idea or something and you're like, yes, and how can we like make that even better? And it sounds like that's how your show experiences are because there's like so many aspects and so many different things and you kind of never know what's going to happen. And there might be a musical show on the back of a pedicab and (laughs) you just don't know what you're going to get. So you always want to go to it. I hope so. I like the idea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like a a happening. Yeah. And just painting the picture, like I'm, I'm ready. Let's go to the next one. Good. Saturday, June 26th, Jerry's Middle Finger on Mare Island at the Coal Shed Brewery. Awesome. That's like the best name. (laughs) I love it so much. (laughs) It was a spot where ships used to stop to get refueled with coal when ships ran on coal. So that place was a military base from like the 1850s until the 1980s or something. It's really a historic site. Nice. I look forward to checking it out and everybody else should too. Greg, anything else that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Um, I think that I was thinking about how you said the theme was going to be ingenuity. I think my main take home about thinking about ingenuity was just willingness to be open to other people's ideas and think about how those ideas could work well with your vision is is the most important lesson that I've had in terms of being able to offer new kinds of fun musical experiences for people. Just collaboration is the key. Yeah, we're all on this together. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you so much for spending some time and space with us. And all of our listeners. Thanks for having me on my first podcast experience. Woo! (laughs) You did so good. (laughs) Yay. We will be right back. All right. Well, that was so fun and so interesting. I learned a lot more about Mr. Hat than I knew before. And it was really cool to hear his story. I was really thinking about 
Greg during the pandemic. I even like re- reached out to him because I witnessed him like really wanting going through that whole process of like, no, the show must go on and, you know, let's have this last weekend. And, you know, so I knew that it would be really hard to like have everything shut down and not to be doing the thing that he loves to do so much. Yeah. And like, I mean, it was hard for us as fans, but that's also his like livelihood and his passion as his career. And all of a sudden it was like, and having the attitude of the show must go on, but then like, okay, except that the show really this time, like no matter what you do, like just can't go on. It's just not safe to go on. And that must have been so hard for his like mind and soul and spirit. Yeah. Like a whole nother level to like, just not being able to, to get your live music because that's like one aspect of a person but then when that's your career and you know the way that you're making money that like involves other aspects (laughs) of you too yeah absolutely and like one thing I really loved about this interview too is I was educated on exactly all the things that a promoter does like I honestly had no idea that they're basically responsible for everything (laughs) that happens for a show or a festival the promoter does it all and I always had huge respect for promoters but now it's like over the moon respect for them they do Mm -hmm. so much and take on so much risk and you know if it if it rains and no one buys a ticket or there's a pandemic and all the shows get canceled or there's whatever Mm -hmm. else could possibly happen like they're really the ones that are taking on that risk Yeah, definitely. And it does take like a certain type of person to have that courage and also that like kind of mindset. And so Greg mentioned, yes, and. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about that for the. Did you know? So I don't know if you guys know this, but yes, and is actually like kind of a a way to do improv. And it I think it started in improvisational comedy. And actually, the first time that I ever heard that phrase and that concept was through an interview with Trey. Did you listen to that, Tara Lee? It was like he was talking about how there were some comedians there at the show and they were all talking backstage. And I I feel like, you know, Fish was already kind of doing this. You know, it's like one of them listens to the other and then they just add two and then the next one listens and then they add two. And so that's that's the whole concept. It's like, yes, I'll take what you're doing and I'll add this to it. Yes, I'll take that and I'll add that. And So it was really cool to hear, you know, Trey find that this is a thing, especially in the comedy world that, you know, they'll do exercises to like be able to strengthen that muscle because it certainly doesn't come easily to everybody. But yeah, so the yes and is is really the way to do improv, which, of course, in the music that we like to listen to is the best way, in my opinion. But (laughs) I may be a little biased and I know that's not for everybody. Yeah, I was at that show, actually. It was in Chicago. Was it? Okay, yeah. so you know about that. Yeah, I was there. It was cool. You were there. Did <laughs> they talk about it at the show? So the comedians came out. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Can you tell a little bit more of that story? Because now I'm kind of remembering more of the story myself, but I don't remember all the details. I mean, I don't remember any more of that story. than <laughs> The comedians came out and mm-hmm. did a little like comedic show. <laughs> And it was so unexpected. Yeah, right. That was also a yes and situation. 
A yes and. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's so cool. When was it? Chicago when? Yeah, I don't remember. Okay. What was your response to it? Was it kind of like, what the heck are these comedians doing on stage? I want my fish or <laughs> like what? what <laughs> no, was your I mean, it was definitely... It was definitely what the heck are these com- comedians doing on stage? And oh my gosh, these comedians are on stage. And oh my gosh, this is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like layered. You're just like, wait, That's what's funny. happening? Because, you know, like, I mean, Fish mm-hmm. always does stuff that is unexpected, but they never brought a comedy troupe out on stage with them before. So it was definitely not something <laughs> that I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's so cool. Very well-rounded, did you know? I mean, like when they brought Jay-Z out on stage and when they were in Coney Island, like that was not expected either. Like I'd be like, is that Jay-Z on stage? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, Jay-Z's on stage. <laughs> it kind of felt like a similar mm-hmm. like experience to me of how that occurred. Yes, so for my section. Daily Jam. I am going to challenge you all because, you know, I love to give homework on my podcast is that I want you to take a day to live the yes and lifestyle. So whether you're having a day with your family or you're going out and having an adventure with your friends or you're going to a live music show, I just want you to just be open And when someone asks you something, you'll say yes and and then build upon that and just see where you go and what happens. Because a lot of us are so like in our heads and thinking about why we can't do things or like what could go wrong with that. But no, on this day, you're going to say yes and and then add on to that and see what happens. Yes. And please let us know at our Facebook community, Groove Therapy Podcast Community, because I would love to know like the ripple effect that this Daily Jam has. Yeah, I'm so excited too. So we're really looking forward to that. And (laughs) we're part of the Osiris Podcast Network, and there's amazing podcasts on there, so you should check them out. And you should follow us on Instagram, at Groove Therapy Podcast, and you should have a great day. Yes, you should. And you should also follow us on anywhere else that you get your podcasts like Apple Pod or Spotify or all of the other places that you can subscribe so that whenever there's a new episode, you are alerted right away. And that also helps to let these platforms know that you like our podcast and then they'll be more likely to share them with other people too, which is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of times when you subscribe, you can set it to automatically download. So if you're going on a trip where there's no service and you want to listen to podcasts, our podcast will magically appear on your phone and it will be amazing. (laughs) There you go. And you'll have us with you wherever you go, even if it's in the middle of nowhere. Yes. Your dog is really excited about this and we're super excited about this. So we hope you... So we hope you have a great day and we'll catch you during our next podcast. Bye, everybody. 